0: All right, well, I did get prayer earlier, so no worries there. He, I think God's with us today. But anyway, uh, good morning, church. I want to welcome everyone to Zion at the Park this morning. If you're new with us, my name is Derek, and I'm one of the pastors here at Zion, and we're so glad that you're worshiping with us here today. And so whether we like it or not, our time in the park is coming to a close. Like Megan said, there's only two more weeks left before we shift our attention back to the dock before we launch into a new season of programming. And so on that first day back in the dock, which will be September 12th, right after the service around noon, we're going to be hosting a kickoff event called launch party. And there ain't no party like a Zion launch party because a Zion launch party don't stop. Except it does. It actually ends at two, but (laughs) you guys probably didn't realize I had rap skills like in my overall versatility, but uh you just saw it on display there so but at this event there'll be food there'll be outdoor activities and uh, a lot of church fellowship so we invite you guys to come with us to celebrate the summer and to get prepared for the new season of new season of programming activities uh small groups whatever it might be it's to launch into that new season and so we invite you all to be a part of that and to join us and so i hope to see you all there so now that we're back from that quick commercial break uh it's actually it really is going to be a little bit sad to leave the park. It's such a cool experiencing, such a cool experience worshiping God outside and being right here in our clear-lit community. I hope you've all been enjoying it as much as I have. To me, it really allows the Holy Spirit more ways to work and flow through this church and this community as a whole. During the park, especially, it would be hard to say that this is specifically for our Zion family. Because the park opens the door to all different denominations and levels of faith. It's just awesome to kind of be a part of it. But it also is a lot of work. Moving an entire church outside to a park each and every week is a lot. And by the end of it, I know the staff can be pretty physically tired. But hopefully we're all filled spiritually. So as the season comes to a close, I want us to take the next few weeks to look back on the past year. Take a moment to reflect on where the Holy Spirit has been moving. Celebrate what God has been doing in your life. How has he been changing your heart? Softening it, shaping it, creating it. Use this so that we can then take what we've learned and use it as a guide as we start to move forward. And so when we begin back in the dock, Pastor Jason is going to be doing a sermon series that will hopefully uh help set the direction and the vision of where zion is headed next and so if it's not implied yes you're going to be stuck with me for two more weeks up here so don't let the attendance just drop because you know it's me preaching uh but you are going to have me for another two weeks as we close out this series as we close out the park so i hope the yeah thank you whoever that was thank you (laughs) i hope we can keep the excitement level up and that we can have fun as we keep moving forward But it also means that it's my responsibility to help get you ready spiritually to help receive that vision that we're going to be casting. This is important because vision is not a one-person job. Jason is not able to do it on his own. It takes the whole church body to boldly live into the call that God has placed on our hearts. Each of us has to take that vision and see how it applies to our own ministry in which we serve. How does God want each and every one of us to participate? Are you to be a prayer warrior? Are you to be a heavy lifter? Maybe you're the person who offers helpful and kind words of wisdom. Maybe your heart is for children or youth. Are you someone who would want to walk beside people who are hurting or mourning or sick? Maybe your mission field is right Whatever it might be, we all need to be ready for what God has next. So that's what I want to begin today is by doing a little of that reflecting. Over the past eight months, Zion Church has gone on a journey. I think on an individual level, almost every single person was faced with this question. What is next? This is no different for the church as a whole. We too, trying to figure out who we were and where God was leading us next. And to be honest, this is not an easy thing to do. Uncertainty can be scary. Being challenged to grow can be daunting as well. And so this has been kind of a hard year. But look further than our sermons if you want, if you want proof. We've mentioned it previously that we've taken a different approach to how we do sermons and how we do sermon prep. First off, our sermons have focused heavily on one section of scripture. And then we've gotten the chance to then dive deeper into each and every word. And it's a little scary taking one line of scripture and then doing a 30 to 40 minute message or sermon on it. However, I believe that level of focus has allowed the Holy Spirit to do most of the leading. It's less about giving you everything, giving you all the information like a fire hose, and it's more about intentionality and listening to God. And then secondly, We've added the process of having our sermons peer reviewed each week prior to sunday by our staff members talk about nerve wracking sitting in a room of your peers and having them shred your sermon into little bits and pieces they get out their red pins and just start marking as you're giving it okay they don't really do that but it is still a little bit intimidating especially because a lot of times when you write a sermon it's you expressing how you're feeling about your faith And somebody comes in and then tells you, oh no, that doesn't sound right. I'm like, oh, okay. But the good part about it is that it holds us accountable. and makes sure that we are communicating a thought properly. And this week was a good example of that. Uh, And we discuss it in greater detail in the Breakthrough Breakdown podcast this week. But I delivered one of my points, and obviously I thought it was quite clever and articulate, uh, but it didn't land uh, that way with Jennifer Colby. And so the whole group discussed it together, and through that, a much better point is going to be delivered to you guys today. It helped communicate my idea more effectively. And so to me, I think the process has been really good. And what I really like about it is it makes sure that our interpretation of Scripture, our view of what the Bible is saying, is it holds it accountable. It makes sure that it is solid and well-defined. And so by the time you guys have heard this message, six or seven other people have already got to hear it. They've already put their input on whether or not it's solid, whether it's good. And I think that's so helpful. And I think it it, it helps protect the message. It helps to protect the gospel that's being shared. Sessions, they've challenged us to grow, and growth is hard. But I think it's made us better preachers. I think it's made us better students. And it's given us the permission to ask some of those tough questions as a group. And in the end, I think it has enhanced the quality of of our sermons. And so over the past few months, our sermons have explored some awesome topics. We've made our way through a good portion of the Sermon on the Mount, which in itself is a tough three three chapters of Scripture. The sermon that Jesus delivers establishes a kingdom that is tough to handle. It's it's tough to come to, to terms with. It stands in such opposition to the world that it's hard to put it, it's hard to put it into practice. And there's just so much being offered. But when I zoomed out on the ear and reflected on all this, I began to ask a similar question as I think many of us did eight months ago. Where is God leading us toward? And even though this is a tough question on a large scale, I think God made it very clear in this message what he wanted me to do. He wants me to remind everyone the simple nature of the gospel, the simple things. Because here's the truth. There is nothing simple about God. There is nothing simple about Scripture. And there is nothing simple about being a Christian. God is complex by nature. If he wasn't, then he wouldn't be God. And Scripture was written over thousands of years. It had a bunch of different authors. And it's been translated into tons of different languages. And being a Christian is hard because following Jesus is hard. So take me for example. God is at work within me. Each day he's shaping and and changing me. And often I fight it. I go kicking and screaming. I resist that change with every part of my being some days. I resist God like the best of us. But then God is still at work. And while he's changing me, he then asks me to go interact with people. Go interact with others. Put myself out there and that's tough. Sometimes it leaves me feeling exposed. It, it, it feels like a risk because not everyone is going to respond. Be mindful of my response back to those people while God is continuing to pour into me, continuing to, me, continuing to push me in the, in, the, in the right direction. That's hard to do. Being a Christian is hard. It's difficult. So there it is. If people say that it's easy, then I think they're fooling themselves. It's hard. There's nothing wrong with acknowledging that. The disciples struggled with this too. And they had firsthand experience with Jesus. They walked side by side with him. They learned under him. They, they, They learned his teachings. And oftentimes, even though he spoke in parables, he spoke... And ways that it was supposed to be for them to understand, they still would come off not understanding what God was meaning. Look at the example in Luke when Jesus is explaining his death for the time, explaining his death. Here's how it's described. It's Luke 18 verses 34. The disciples did not understand any of this. Its meaning was hidden from them, and they did not know what He was talking about. They had no clue what was going on. So it's okay to not have it all figured out. It's okay. If it is hard, if it's complex, because that's, that's the truth. This stuff is complex and it kind of reminds me of Disney. Have you heard of? Yeah. Maybe, maybe you've heard of them. Yeah. Well, they have a video streaming service called Disney Disney plus Pixar plus Marvel plus star Wars plus national geographic. And that's not even including everything they own through Hulu, 20th century, Fox, ABC, ESPN, there are Disney parks and resorts and cruise liners. are all the characters like Mickey Mouse, Donald Duck, Goofy, all the Disney princesses, the Genie, Simba, Sebastian, Buzz and Woody, Timon and Pumandori. There's <laughs> Just to say the name Disney may not give you a full scale of everything that they offer, which is sometimes the way it feels when it comes to Christianity and, in particular, Jesus. It feels like Jesus, it is Jesus. Plus baptism, plus confirmation, plus being a good person, plus giving my money to the church, plus drinking wine and giving people I do not like. plus have to read a lot out of a giant book, and then I have to lug that thing to church. Plus, I'm supposed to remember all these stories, characters, and events, plus talking to God. Plus, they want me to sing. Plus, I have to sit through a sermon that takes forever. Plus, they need me to come and paint the church. Plus, did I mention they want my money? Plus, they send me a lot of emails. Plus, they want me to wake up early on my one- Plus, they say I'm sinful all the time. Plus, I'm forgiven. Plus, something about a holy ghost. And no, thank you. Ghosts are scary. Plus, 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 plus. <laughs> and that's just the beginning of the list. This does not really even mention much about theology, church politics, or the reality of living like a Christian in today's world. There's a lot to this thing called Christianity, and I don't care if you're new to your faith or you've had a close connection with God for a long time, it can be easy to get confused. It can be tough to understand, and that's why there's this little Christian phrase that really sticks out to me, Jesus plus nothing. When I told you that it felt like God wanted me to keep it simple, here is that simplicity, Jesus plus nothing. When I told you, like, that's that to me is the gospel message. That is the good news that Jesus offers. Nothing but Jesus can equal salvation. Jesus is the redemption that brings us all back into relationship with God. And I reminded of last week at BB or two weeks ago at VBS, and I also got reminded of my age because I hurt my back at VBS as well. I may not be as young as I think, especially while playing octopus tag in the gym uh, with elementary age students. That's why I have this stool up here because my left side goes numb sometimes after my injury. So if I fall and like roll off the stage, don't worry, I'm probably okay, Uh, but I'll sit down if I need to. But hopefully that's not the case. But anyway, at VBS, uh, I kind of digress there a little bit. I apologize, but... uh, I loved helping out with this because it reminded me of the simplicity found within the complexity. Kate and her team kept the message simple that Jesus is the answer. Now, I'm not from any of the stories, but it was done in a way that was relatable, that was easy to understand. And I think we all need to be reminded of that from time to time. Jesus plus nothing. All that other stuff does not go away. That huge list that I talked to you about earlier, that doesn't just go away. All that stuff is there and it is very real. This is just a reminder to not dwell too much on all the extra. Do not lose sight of what is important. And so I know this was a long introduction to this message and that was intentional. I said it at the beginning and I'll say it again. I want today to be more about reflecting on the past year than being flooded with more information. But we do need with series, the I'd like to spend time focusing on the New Testament as a whole. I want to look at all twenty-seven of the New Testament books, okay? And I want to see if they have a common voice that might be helpful to bring some simplicity to our understanding. When you have multiple authors, it can be challenging to get a coherent and harmonious uh, a common voice. It's hard to get a a complete understanding when you have so many voices, when you have so many things contributing. And so when read collectively, what are all these authors trying to deliver? If their words are supposed to serve for Jesus, then what exactly are they all trying to say? And so this exercise was extremely beneficial to me. So I read this book in seminary that really helped me understand this concept. It's called Moral Vision of the New Testament by Richard Hayes. And at the time, Tom Toole was serving as my spiritual mentor for seminary. And we got into this big argument. Well, let's call it a discussion. But we got into this discussion about violence and whether it was allowed within Scripture. And so I let him borrow this book to read a chapter about whether violence was morally okay through the lens of the New Testament. Through the lens of Jesus, is violence okay? And he came back the next week if i was trying to punish him by making him read this book it was so heavy and there's not a lot of pictures so for tom that that makes it a little challenging (laughs) sorry tom (laughs) Uh, but it, it was a heavy read but it was a good book and what it does is it breaks down the new testament witnesses into three different topics according to hayes there are three ideas that can be found in every book of the new testament So no matter which book you pick up, whether it's Philemon, whether it's Revelation, whether it's uh, Matthew, no matter what book you pick up, he claims that there are three ideas that can be found in each of those books, community, cross, and new creation. Now, this does not mean that there are not other themes found within the New Testament, nor does this mean that these are the most important. What it means is that each author included these three elements in their writings. And as you can see, this does not include popular themes or themes such as love and liberation, or being set free. It would be very difficult to read the Old Testament and not to think about liberation a little bit. About people being set free from Egypt, Babylon, Rome, and even sin. In the same way, it can be said about love. It would be, it's a major theme throughout most of the New Testament. And at some places, it seems to be the most important theme. So both of these are definitely found in scripture, but maybe they're not referenced in every single book. And so we'll get a chance to explore some of these uh, exclusions a little further in the coming weeks. However, I do want to talk about the, uh, the first one here, and that's the, this idea of community. And I know, community is something that gets discussed pretty often. And I, and I know what you probably are thinking, that he's gonna to jump to the book of Acts and I'm gonna tell you that we all need to sell off all of our possessions, we need to live together, grow food together, and that's what I mean by community no that's not exactly what i'm meaning by community that is one example of community in scripture but that's not exactly what i'm talking about when i talk about uh this idea of community and so to to make it and you got to realize that in order for every single author to put it in their book to put it in this is i mean philemon gets one page basically to give his message out and to put this in there it means be some importance to it. There must be some a level of why that was there. It must have been important enough to include. So let's take a, take a look at the purpose of community. First off, this idea of community has always been a part of God's plan. You see it in the garden in Genesis one twenty eight. God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply, increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it. All over the fish, the, sea, the birds in the sky, and every other living creature that moves on the ground. God knew that his creation was going to grow and was going to expand. And then he made promises to Abraham to continue this expansion. The Lord said to Abraham, Go from your country into people and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you I will curse, and all people on earth will be blessed through you. The entire Old Testament tells the story of God building up a nation. He would save them, he would father to them, and he would provide for them. And this theme kind of carries out through to the New Testament as well. Oh, hope I don't blow away. In the New Testament, all right. I have teams coming. They'll fix that. It'll be fine. All right. (laughs) So, this carries on through the New Testament as well, where we're described as a holy people. In 1 Peter 2 9 through 10, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellence of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. 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 Wow. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. This idea is not new in today's world. This idea of community is stretched throughout all of Scripture. And the New Testament seems to double down on its importance. So why is it important? Community is a way to see Christ in others. Community is essential essential because it reminds us of Jesus' continual presence here on earth. When we show love for one another as a community, people are able to feel the love of Christ as well. Several people in the crowd last week saw that I was limping and asked me if they could pray for me. Show me the heart of Jesus, his healing grace, his compassion for those who are hurting, his dependence on prayer and his trust in the Father. And so I know it was just a little gesture, that it was just a little thing, but it was a revealing one. I hope everyone everyone understands the power of prayer and the power that your uh, Christian example can for others. Humanity is also a source of accountability and guidance. I think this might be the hardest point to get behind. Humanity is not always easy. It's not all, we're not always good at handling accountability from others. We don't like to be held accountable. We don't like to be critiqued. We don't like to be told how we're doing something or how we can improve. And then on the flip side, people are not always the best at providing accountability and guidance with the loving, free heart, or one without the presence of shame. So 1 Thessalonians 5.14 says this, and we urge you, sisters, warn those who are and disruptive, encourage the disheartened, help the weak, be patient with everyone. We're called to urge one another along. We're called to build each other up. But I love this verse because it tells us to be patient with one another. Community can be helpful when times are tough, when temptation is hard to resist, and when we feel like giving up. It should be a place that we can go for comfort because all of this is what Jesus provided for others. In simple terms, a community should point each and every one of us towards the character of Christ. Community is also a place of prayer and worship. And I find this one to be extremely important. Uh, The youth program is a perfect example of this one. Do you know how many times I've received text uh, right before an upcoming youth event that reads something like this? Who's all going to be there? Like I'm supposed to know. I don't know who's going to show up. But we all value relationship. We all like to avoid that awkwardness of having to do something by yourself. And I think community can provide a good example of how to pray and how to worship. I've had some amazing prayer time just by myself. For the past three years, I've taken a a two-day silent retreat where I just go off by myself with God and just sit with Him. Both of those have been awesome. However, nothing like experiencing the Holy Spirit together with others, being a part of something that, that awesome, while at the same time sharing that moment with others. There's a fullness to it. And James five sixteen. therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it's working. So this one actually got me thinking this week. With all the stuff happening in Afghanistan and with the devastating state of Haiti, it reminds me that our community, it's much bigger than just Zion. It's much bigger than, than just this, this area. That our community extends across the globe. Our church, God that so we must turn to God in prayer during these times. We must be prepared to answer his call. And so at the end of the sermon, I want to pray about that. I want to go to God in prayer and just lift lift it up to him. This kind of that idea of being willing to answer God's call. You know, I say that pretty simply, but in reality, answering God's call is hard, it's intimidating, it's scary but it's also some of the most uplifting. It can be the most powerful, it can be the most transformative thing that you ever do. And so community is a place to serve. This is when each of us is given the opportunity to remove our selfish ambitions and learn to be a part of something bigger, where we get the opportunity to serve others, to lift others up, to put others first. This idea of service is the model of Jesus. Whether it be how he lived out his life or ministry, or inevitably his selfless act of dying on the cross, community continues to reflect the attributes of Jesus. Community should also be a witness to the world. Matthew 5, 14 through 16. You are the light of the world, a city built on a hill cannot be hid. No one, after lighting the lamp, puts it under a bushel basket but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. We walked through that verse as we this past year. We walked through that verse, and it ties back into what we're going through now. Community should be a witness to the world. We are God's people. We are the family of God. Our actions, our love, our attitude should change the world because Jesus has been changing us. And so finally, I love that the body of Christ finds unity in diversity. God unites all of us into his family. No matter where we come from, we are united through our faith in Jesus. One of giftings, we each have a different role to play. And no matter, no one is better than, than the other person because we are all made one in Christ. Galatians 3, 26-29. For you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. And all who united with Christ have put on Christ, like putting on new clothes. There is no longer Jew, or Gentile, slave, or free, male and female. For you all are, you are all one in Christ Jesus. Now that you belong to you are the children of Abraham. For his heirs and God's promise belongs to you. So let me shift gears real quick because, with this list that I just went through, this, this idea of com- community and why it's important, the problem is, and the, the thing that we need to be aware of is that what happens when community is done poorly? It's crucial to understand the wholeness of bad communities when we don't reflect Jesus, when we it gives us a falseness. False People do not get to experience Jesus when we aren't living like him. When we don't love one another. And so I don't care. Everyone who walks into this church, into this community, better feel loved. We don't always have to agree. We don't always have to to be perfectly on the same page. But we must show the love of Jesus. We also can't be closed off to others. Sometimes it's easy to exclude others. Especially if they're different, if they look different, if they're in a different social class, or even if they have a different political view. There are a lot of things in this world, so I want you to hear me. There are a lot of things in this world that makes us different. But the power of Jesus makes us one. We cannot lose sight of that. We need to be aware of the of independence as well. To go at it alone, when we feel like we don't need the church, or when we don't think it's worth the risk of getting hurt by a bad community. Based on my understanding of scripture, this is contrary to the will of God. It is being disobedient to God. It prevents us from experiencing the fullness of what God has to offer. We are called to be the church, the family of God, and we need to be in in fellowship with one another. So here's the big idea. In all of the complexity surrounding Christianity, Jesus established community to help remind us of the simplicity. Yes, it does feel like there are a lot of requirements sometimes to be a Christian. And it's true that there is a lot. But the truth is, is it can be simple too. Jesus plus nothing. We are in community to rely on one another, to experience the love and compassion of Jesus the fullness of that love, community points us back to that. So maybe you need the leaders in BBS to remind you of what makes Jesus special, or if the temptations of life make Jesus this whole Jesus thing feel impossible, community should be the one to help walk you through it. Sometimes you're the one who needs community to help get you through, and other times you need to be that person that offers community to others. We spent the past following Jesus as he introduces us to the kingdom of heaven. So all the beatitudes, the moral lessons, the instructions on prayer, they've been building us to this idea of community, to relationship, to fellowship, to friendship, to this idea of family with Christ at the center. And so as we... As we begin to shift to this new season as we as we begin to move from the park and we move back into the dock I don't want you to forget that. I want you to keep community in mind Don't let the park be the end. Of the community. Let this be a launching point to push you closer to others as you continue to walk in your faith with Jesus Could you guys stand and uh, pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father Lord, I know it's hard. I know uh, sometimes it's challenging following you. It's, it's, it's hard. It's hard to always see you in the world. And so, Lord, we just ask you to be with each and every one of us as we go out into this week, go out the rest of this season, that we are lifted up by you. That you show us who you are and you remind us of how big you are that your community is much bigger than Zion. We understand that you are in work in Afghanistan, that you are in work in Haiti. And Lord, we lift all of those places up to you. Any places that are in need, any places that have are experiencing turmoil, Lord, we lift them up to you. Lord, anyone in the audience or anyone in our community that is feeling sick, anyone, uh, whether they're going through cancer, whether they're going through whatever it might be, Lord, we lift them up to you today. Lord, we come together. In support of you, we come together to show you glory. We come together to worship you. Thank you for being who you are. Thank you for being amazing, for being awesome. And so, Lord, we love you, we praise you, and it's in the powerful name of Lord Jesus we pray. Amen.